Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Welcome, everybody. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Glad you're here. And uh, we got a special guest on the show today, Brian Stanart. And Brian is one of our one-on-one coaching clients. We've been working with him for a little while now. He's out of Oklahoma. And uh, we sent out the word, hey, listen, we want to do some podcasts where we're working with somebody, coaching them a little bit live on a half-hour, 45-minute call. Brian raised his hand. We said, cool, let's do this. And so uh, we, we haven't um, – uh, prepped him too much on this call. We just want to kind of dive right in like this was a coaching call and just ask Brian what's going on, how you doing, how's things going. And he started working with us, Brian, he started working with us about um, two months ago, right? Yeah, it's been two, maybe three. Nice. Okay, cool. So I'm looking at the thing that you filled out here when you mm-hmm. uh, sent out the questionnaire. Uh, the one or two things you'd like to accomplish on this call is encouragement and help with determining what your roadblocks are. Is that right? Um, yeah, it's been a few weeks, I think, since I filled that out, but that sounds um, definitely like something I would say. You're focusing on wholesaling. You do yes. real estate full-time. Your target market is Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, you make about three to four grand a month in with wholesaling. Your goal is to make 10 grand a month. And um, can I read here some of what you said were some of the things holding you back from reaching? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Past experiences, comfort, limiting self-beliefs, not surrounding yourself with other high-level people would be beneficial to tag along with someone in their business and go on appointments with someone who is successful. Um, you're currently spending about 1000 a month on marketing, and you're making on average about eight offers a week. Is that right? Um, eight offers a week. I would say that's pretty average. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, so talk about, I want to ask you, where were you two months ago when we first started working with you? What were you doing back then? Um, a little bit. I was, my, my main marketing source has always been a go-to is bandit signs. So I work really good here in my market. And so I've done, I've, I have, you know, cold call driving for dollar list before and done direct direct mail but that's the one that band signs have been what i've been consistent with um you know week in and week out i have people put them out for me and things like that um but the last so it seems like last before i joined the program the last year um i have not gotten the same results as i have before in the past so um and so, anyways, that's kind of where I was before. Okay. I think we still hear that knocking, Gavin. So I'm yeah. not sure where that's exactly. coming from. Um, <laughs> sounds like there's a little gremlin in the uh, <laughs> knocking on something. I'm going to put my uh, laptop actually down here on the uh, my table. So, um, Brian, um, talk about some of these roadblocks. You're, okay. you're making eight offers a week, which isn't bad, right? Um, yeah. It's better than nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you feel like you should be making more offers. Are you happy with that? Yeah, I feel like I'm making enough offers. I think I'm used to the thing I'm having trouble with. I think I'm used to the 
different leads. Obviously, with beta signs, it's a completely different lead than cold calling. Um, so I have to become accustomed to get better at warming up the leads, follow up, and and uh, and things like that. With beta signs, you do get just lay down deals, and I think I've just become accustomed to that. And now that the leads have slowed up, now that I'm doing cold calling, it's a completely different lead, and I've just been having trouble with that because a lot of times the very first contact is very very cold and there seems to be zero motivation um so in my mind um it's hard for me to to see the potential in it but you know i, I trust you guys so i've just been putting in the system and following up. all right well let's talk about the marketing we're doing now before you were doing just bandit signs right yes yeah okay have you have you stopped doing the bandit signs i have stopped doing the bandit signs yes Okay. Why is that? I wasn't getting the same results and um, as I was before, and so. So even the bandit signs slowed down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Bandit signs slowed down. I had zero marketing money to continue to buy, um, you know, put out thousands of bandit signs. So. Yeah. Okay, and then. Um, the marketing we're doing now with you is pretty much we, we went and skip traced a bunch of um, absentee owners with equity and yeah. we're, we're cold calling them. And we're, are we doing any text messaging to them? No text, no text messaging besides just with follow up and normal conversation, but no, just cold calling. One thing we should do, Gavin, is let's help Brian make sure um, we export out the people who have not, we've not reached yet. And let's try yeah. a send this broadcast campaign to them. All right, cool. So um, I can understand you know, when a seller sees a sign like the one behind your head, what does that sign say behind you? I buy houses fast, easy cash, any condition. I love that, right? Simple, yeah. So you're going to definitely get a more qualified seller who sees that and decides to call you, right? Mm-hmm. So um, when you're when you're dealing with one of the biggest advantages and benefits to doing cold calling or texting is you're more proactive with this, right? So instead of waiting for people to call you, yeah. you're out there calling them, you're, you're, you're making the phone ring. You're being a little proactive instead of being reactive, hoping that people call you. Same with direct mail. You hope that people respond to your direct mail and call you. But there is this element of now these leads are going to be colder and you've got to follow up with them. You've got to make a lot of offers. Um, one thing you should be encouraged about, though, if you've been making eight, hour, eight offers a week, how, long, how many weeks have you been doing that on average? Probably 10. Maybe All right, 10 so you have, plus. you have 80, let's just say 80 leads that you've made offers on. That's fantastic because now you have 80 people to follow up with every month, right? Yep. That list starts growing and growing, and you're going to find that 80% of your deals at least are going to come from the follow-up, from the sellers that said no at the beginning. They weren't interested. They weren't motivated. But because you follow up with them regularly, mm-hmm. they're going to start turning around. So it's really, really important, Brian, that we make sure you're, you're implementing the follow-up. Can we talk about that real quick? Like what kind of follow-up are you doing? with these offers and leads that you've been talking to? Well, after um, I have another VA that handles REI Simple and uh, following up and things like that. So after the I make the offer 
um, then they follow up by mail and email it. So typically like two days later, maybe she'll follow up with them and ask her if they received the email and they offer and kind of just see what they think about it. And, but she's doing my motivate. She's doing my follow up. Um, and just depending on what the status is on their motivation, what, it could be a couple what, of weeks follow up or a month. What kind of follow up? Um, phone calls, uh, text messages, and if, you know, if they prefer email, then we'll do email as well. Are you sending them anything in the mail for follow up? Not with follow up. I haven't done that. I've sent offers um, in the mail. When you send your offers, you're sending them by the mail? I send them email and mail. As long as they have it, and obviously they have an email, but they don't have one on this mail. Yeah, I would I would encourage you to do all the follow up you could, whether it's email, text message, you know, um, slide dial, voice broadcast, and, and direct mail, especially. That's going to be really critical and important. And your VA can do that all for you, right? Mm -hmm. You sent yeah. the offers in the mail. How did you send them in the mail? Just using quick to mail. Yeah, just, uh, so you, could this, you could just create a real simple letter, right? And I might yeah. even send them another offer every single month or mm -hmm. a letter saying, hey, how you doing? Just following up to see if you're still thinking about selling your house. Yeah, okay. But um, there's, you should write this down and make sure every lead inside of REI Simple has some kind of follow-up task created. Now, it could be a, you could be doing this by task or you could be doing this by status, you know, like mm -hmm. once a month, download all your old leads and send them a letter. Or once a month, whenever that task comes up, you send them a text message, a personal text message. Maybe two weeks later, you send them a slide dial, a personal slide dial. Hey, Jim, how you doing? Just wondering if you sold your house yet. Um, and, and once you get that set up, your VAs can do that mm -hmm. for you and send it to you, right? But that follow-up is so critical. Gavin, will you talk about the follow-up and what we're doing in Alabama. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're in multiple markets, Brian, as you know, um, and it, the follow-up is the key when it comes to cold calling. Okay. Yeah. We're not trying to, everyone's got their own way. People in this business that are doing huge volume. I was on a couple of sites yesterday and they were doing text messaging um, at 2000 a day, right? Some were doing 6,000 text messages a day and that's good. But the, the problem is, is that you've got to make sure that you're not missing anything. When you're doing bulk texting like that, you've got to interact with people. And this is either you or your VAs, okay? I'm all about a quality of lead per day that we can get. I'm not interested in 60 leads a day that we don't have the bandwidth like most don't to handle that amount of leads and work it efficiently, okay? When we say five a day, you can do, if you can do five sellers a day and make three offers a day, them that you're following up with will come eventually through follow-up, okay? Mm -hmm. There's multiple ways, like Joe just said, of doing that. Tech, like you're doing, text messaging, um, cold, calling them back, sending them mail, whatever it is. But it becomes a point when the close needs to kick in, right? When it becomes now a lead, now we've got to get it closed. Do you feel that you've got any right now that are on the tip of potentially yeah. getting a contract? Yeah, I've got, I've got two, um, and they've, you know, one um, is just I've sent them an offer, mm -hmm. and we've agreed on the price, and I've sent them the contract. It's just 
uh, he kind of went cold. I don't know what's going on. He still communicates a little bit here and there, and um, but at the end of the day, he's not signing the contract, even though we've agreed on the price. So, okay. Did you um, did you send? How did you send the contract? Um, through electronic signature kind of thing. Did you give him a deadline on the contract to get it signed and back? Um, no. Okay. So that's one of the next time on that, something like that, Brian, mm -hmm. try to schedule a time when you can get them on the phone mm -hmm. and walk them through how to sign it electronically. Okay. Yep. We have if deadlines. You, Sorry, Dad, carry on. I was going to say you can do the digital signature in REI simple, right? Mm -hmm. But Schedule the time to get them on the phone. All right, do you see the email? Open it up. Okay, now what do you see? Do you see that click sign here? Go ahead and sign that. Just want to make sure you don't have any questions. Have them walk you through it, right? You yeah. can even do a Zoom meeting, right? Set up a Zoom where you can walk them through. Or you could send a mobile notary to their house. Say, hey, listen, I, got a I can get a mobile notary there in two hours. Right? Mm -hmm. Go to uh, one, two, three, notary123.com or 123notary.com. Another mm -hmm. one is... SS notary, I believe. But anyway, I, I, Gavin has got the right point is that you want to make sure you are um, um, giving them a deadline, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and as Joe said, you can use little techniques. I guess white lies, if you want to say that, that the system, oh, I don't know if it's going to send, or I've had problems with my email sending it. So we're just going to jump online while I send it. Come up with a reason of why you want them online. I just want to make sure, as Joe said, if you've got any questions, we can talk through it. Because you want to know if they're actually going to sign it or they're just trying to get you off the phone, right? Yeah. Um, and, and there's a difference. So, mm -hmm. because then you're chasing, right? And then it's not a good position to be in if you're chasing a contract because right. you're giving the seller like there's some urgency there for you to get it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, and they start saying, well, why is it, is there more into it? Could I get more money? And they start to think that. Yeah, right? that's kind of how I feel right now. I don't want to, you know, feel like I don't want to definitely chase them. But obviously, I know that they're uh, wanting to sell and I want the contract. So, and then I have another one that um, is an opportunity to be a pretty nice size deal. And, um, you know, he's ready to, we've agreed on the price again. And, but he came back and said, hey, I want to wait until I uh, evict the tenant first uh, so you don't have to worry about that. And then, you know, and then, he, and then he came back and said, well, I want my contract to my, my attorney to look at the contract. And I said, no, you know, no problem. But I don't know if I should have worded that different or try to figure out what his objection was because most of the time it's, they don't want to actually have their attorney look at it. That's just an excuse. Excuse, yeah. Yeah. So you pull away. Sounds like, you know, this isn't probably going to work. I mean, why, you know, why do you want to wait until the tenant? Does it not make sense if you, if you want to sell that we get it locked up and get things moving? Sounds like it's probably not going to work. You can be honest, Brian, if it's not going to work. Yeah. Give them the option to, to say no. You've got to be going for no, giving the option to say no, take it away. Uh, we just, you were on the call just, our coaching call with mm -hmm. Pam and Jim. Yeah. We had a call and I said, take it off the table. They took it off the table and you were on that call. How much equity did they build? How much yeah. cash flow did they build? It was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. From 2,500, right, a month in rent to 2,200 and 500 a month to, in credited back on the back end per month. So they went yeah. from 2,500 to 1,700 a month. Now. Yeah. And yep. that's without then, and they went from a purchase price of what, 345 to 320? Yep. 
and they went from 10,000 down to 5,000 down, right? <laughs> Through one pull away that came from them, right? That he, I mean, you heard it. We, yeah. I told, we went over it on, the, on a one-to-one call. They mm-hmm. went, delivered it, and you can see the power when he just said, no, that's not going to work. That's what his text message said. And then the right. guy came crawling back, and he was just giving it all away. Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. got to know to do the same. Take it off them. Right? It, Deadline it. on that signature. Hey, I need it back by tomorrow. If they can't get on the call, give them a deadline mm-hmm. to see how um, most, a lot of our signatures we have to do that with, or, or we'll send a mobile notary. Depends on ages as well. Not everyone can operate the, you know, the computer, depending on what age that you're, that you're working with. Mm-hmm. Deadlines are so important. And it, we're talking about deadlines when a seller says, yeah, I'm interested, or they agree to your price. Yeah. You've got to give them a deadline. Now, I still send offers even if they're not interested, right? If they're cold or warm, I'm still going to send them an offer anyway with a letter, maybe three different options depending on the scenario. Um, I wanted to go back a little bit, Brian. Like how many sellers are you talking to a day on average? Um, that's the thing. I, I, I have a, my VA who's running, who's handling the, my, my CRM and follow-ups and things like that. I have them actually making the, not after, after the cold call, it fits the lead. I have them actually reaching out and testing motivation and things like that. Oh, so, stop. Time out. Are you crazy? No. I'm tell, you got to do that yourself. Yeah. That's so important, Brian. I know you might think it's a waste of time, but it's not. We're talking about all the importance of follow-up. Uh-huh. Right now you've got three different people talking to them, the initial VA, this follow-up VA, and then maybe you and they're like, who's this guy? You've got to like that initial VA, they just do the initial pre-screening. They're looking for someone who raises their hand and said, yeah, I might be interested in maybe selling my house. Mm-hmm. Right. Then That's you all you need. You got to get on that phone and talk to them. That's yeah. huge. That's so important. And these calls, they don't have to be long, right? We're just talking three to five minutes. Mm-hmm. just three to five minutes to find out there if they have any motivation or not find out what they're what they're trying to accomplish i mean ideally best case your va who's doing that initial cold calling maybe just transfers the call to your cell phone and you get them on right best case but like maybe you have to schedule a time but you shouldn't be making that seller jump through other hoops you should be talking to five sellers a day Mm-hmm. and sending offers to at least three of those five every day. Yeah. I would send an offer to every single one if you could. Yeah, I typically do send an offer to every single one. Um, to every single, I mean, unless they just, unless, it, it, a rare circumstance or something. But, yeah, yeah, I'm sending an offer to every single one. But I guess I know what you're saying. I, I need to be doing that, but I don't like talking to sellers, honestly. Just being completely honest with you and – Oh, I don't either. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't either. So what, what else could you do? What are your options? Well, uh, find a wholesaler I, and yeah. team up with. Yeah. Um, That's really important yeah, because it's a lead problem. And I don't know. It loves what loves talking to sellers. loves going to houses and driving around and doing all that stuff. Yes. Okay. So that's a different subject, right? Like I've yeah. done that for years. We're doing that now with Melissa in, in Alabama. We wholesale deals virtually without ever talking to sellers, but how we do it is super simple. We have one person that does the cold calling or the texting and pre-screening, that initial pre-screen 
and then it goes right directly to the wholesaler, right? Right. So, um, now you, are you doing this in the same market that you're in, that you're yes. living in? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Do you network at all with the local real estate clubs? Um, not as much as I should, but I, I, try, I do try to go occasionally. Um, That's one place to start. Okay. One of the things that you should look at is, and I'm just going through this fast because of the interest of time. Uh, well, I cover this a lot in the automated wholesaling course, which you have access to. Yeah. And there's a module in there called building your team. Mm-hmm. I'd encourage you to go back through that and look at that. Cause I give you a lot of good ways to find local wholesalers. But one of the first things you should do is network with your local real estate clubs and start finding, asking around who's doing deals. You're not looking for the company that's already spending tens of thousands of dollars a month on marketing and has plenty of leads. You're looking for the wholesaler that doesn't like doing the marketing. They don't like pre-screening the leads. They get buried in post-it notes and they're scattered. They're not organized. They just want to be in their truck driving around, looking at houses, talking to sellers at the kitchen table, right? Right. That's the kind of wholesaler you want. Well, they're out there. So first, local RIA groups. Second, I would start networking with other investors in the big wholesaling Facebook groups. You got Wholesaling Houses Full-Time, Wholesaling Inc., mm-hmm. Wholesaling Houses Elite. Those are like the three big Facebook groups, right? Right. And just go in there and type in the, in the search box of that group, type in the word Tulsa mm-hmm. and see who is doing deals in Tulsa and just start reaching out to them. The third, third or fourth thing good. is go to Google and Craigslist and see who is advertising on there either for buyers or we buy houses or whatnot and contact them, start talking to them. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the other thing is, the, the final thing I want to tell you to go look at is, uh, well, Facebook Marketplace as well. Go see who are the wholesalers who are advertising houses right now on Facebook Marketplace. And then go check out Bigger Pockets. Go to Bigger Pockets, type in the word Tulsa. You'll see who's been uh, talking about Tulsa in the discussion threads, who has companies that are based in Tulsa. You know, you may have to talk to 100 wholesalers before you find one or two, but you're looking for that guy who doesn't like doing the marketing that you're doing, is not organized and doesn't like to do the follow-up and create the systems like you are good at doing, doesn't like to do the follow-up, you know, but you have the time and the money to invest into marketing. Find somebody that doesn't like to do that stuff, who's good at talking to sellers, who understands the importance of a hot motivated lead who will drop everything they're doing to go meet with the seller, mm-hmm. right? And stay with that seller for two hours if they have to, to get a contract. That's right. the kind of wholesaler that you want to find a partner with. There might be somebody listening to this right now or later who is like, yeah, let me know, Brian, come on. I'd love to work with you. I've never met a wholesaler when I've explained what I do yeah. and what I, what, what I want to do, who has said, now I don't want your leads. Yes, it, 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 unless it's somebody, and even then, I, they still say yes, but like, um, if, if unless it's somebody that's already got a wholesaling operation with staff, and they've already, they're doing a bunch of marketing, there's not really much you can add of value to them, right? But you find that wholesaler and say, listen, I'll pay for the marketing, I'll pre-screen the leads, I'll do all the follow-up, I'll send the offers in the mail, I'll do the admin, I'll give you my VA, and that kind of stuff. All I want you to do is take these leads and make offers and sell them to your buyers. Yeah. Right. You can find that guy. You're just going to have to work and get at it. Got it. Even when I was doing deals in St. Louis and I live in St. Louis, that's what I was doing. I was finding other people to, to do that for me. One other thing I'm going to recommend to you 
is uh, check out a book. One of my students, good friend of mine, Brian Elwood, wrote a book called Fire Yourself. Yeah, I've heard of it. You can get it on Amazon, or you can go to his website, fireyourself.net. It's a good, simple little book, 100, 120 pages, but it's all about how to find acquisition managers. And if, if I were you and you could not find a local wholesaler to partner with, then I would go out and hire an acquisitions manager. And you can pay them on commissions, right? So you, or you can pay them maybe minimum wage and then a bonus for every deal that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but that Brian does a really, really good job in that book, Fire Yourself, to talk and teach about that. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about that book. Yeah, I'd recommend that. Um, so as far as the roadblocks, you know, with the mental roadblocks, Gavin, do you want to talk about that? I, I'm not very good at, um, you talk to here about some of the things holding you back of past experiences and comfort and limiting self-beliefs, um, not surrounding yourself with the right, with higher level people. What do you think you can do, Brian, to fix that and help with that? What do you think the answer is? Mm. You know, I don't know. It's, I find myself right now, it's just, I don't know, it's just really busy season. Um, we have a newborn and... Congratulations. Thank you. Not a newborn anymore, but nine months. But That's still a newborn. They're newborn until uh, about like three. About three? <laughs> <laughs> so it's been, it's been really busy and they're still trying to focus just fully on this, uh, you know, wholesaling and trying to juggle all of that. So it's been difficult, but... So to surround myself with other people and find time to do that has been proven to be difficult. I know I need to do it and network more, but I just haven't done it. Um, so a lot of, I guess I do everything myself. I have a VA that helps me and got a cold caller VA myself, but most of the time I'm handling everything myself, spending time in my office alone, things like that. <laughs> oh, I get it. You know, one of the things I did about a, two years ago is I started a local mastermind in St. Louis of other local wholesalers. And um, I made it a more premium group. I just said, listen, you've already got to be doing deals. And um, we've got anywhere from 12 to 15 people that come every month. Um, now I stopped doing it about six months ago. And I get, I'll let somebody else do it. But you might think about starting something like that, Brian, if you don't have one already, Start a local mastermind group, not your own, not a new RIA. I'm not talking about starting a new real estate investment club, but find other people that are just like you. They do a couple deals here and there. They want to grow their business. Maybe they're already doing a couple deals a month, maybe more and start a local mastermind where you get everybody together over coffee or beer, whatever you prefer to drink and talk about business. You'll be shocked at how much even though you're in the same market, people are willing to share and yeah. help each other. You may find somebody else that has a deal that you have buyers for. You know, you may have a deal that uh, they have buyers for and you can co-wholesale deals to each other, borrow money, yeah. lend money to each other. That might be a good thing. If there's not something already like that in Tulsa, think about starting it. Yeah. Makes sense? Yeah, that makes sense. The other thing is as well, like think big. You know, a lot of people that we work with, a lot of people in the industry, you've got to think that there's bigger deals out there in smaller markets, right? You got it. You can't shut in, as you just said, you're in your office. It's just you, right? And sometimes that can kind of feel like it's on top of you. 
and you've got to get out there. Again, networking, high level. Um, think big. Think you're going to do big deals. There's no limit on deals, right? There's, why can't you do a $30,000 deal in your market? It is possible. We just picked up a, a deal for $5,000 um, that was a, it was a drug house, blah, blah, in Augusta, Georgia, for 5000 probably going to sell it for thirty. Wow. In Augusta, apparently no one can make any more than 4000 in Augusta. That's nonsense. No one in Alabama, oh, everyone can make 7000 No, 20 Our average fee is $16,000, double what most people do over double what most people do in that area because you've just got to expand and think big and then create small wins, right? right. Because the, the, small min, the small wins is what's going to um, give you uh, the – sorry, guys, if you listen to the podcast, Jeff <laughs> got his puppy in the screen. It's really <laughs> hey, meet Willow, everybody. <laughs> Adorable. This is Willow. And all right, sorry for the distraction. Yeah. She just came in. No, 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 no. The small, um, the small wins, right? Yeah. Because that's what's going to build the momentum and give you the positivity to, to, to keep going, right? Absolutely. This business can hit you like a train sometimes when it's not good. But when you get them small wins and you start to build on that, it's momentum, right? That's what we're trying to create. If you do one good call, do another one, do another. Don't stop. Right, you've got that momentum and that energy into the next call. You will be more confident on that call than you even think you will be. You will control it. You will own it. You will control the situation, and you're going to get a contract. And that's what's going to happen. Does that make sense? Makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's really good. Because them wins, I'm telling you, the small wins is what's going to bring the win the race. You got it. That's really got good. it. Brian, are you coming to our mastermind um, in a couple weeks? I am. I'll be there. Cool. That'll be good for you. I think just hanging around other investors that are doing deals, getting encouraged. One other thing that gets me encouraged when I'm um, feeling down is listening to other podcasts where they're interviewing people that are doing deals. You're just like, holy smokes. Like, if that guy can do it, why can't I? Like, That's true. I'm not, trying, I'm not, you know, I'm not uh, belittling them or making fun of them. I'm saying like, what's so special about this guy, right? Like if he can do it, then I can do it. And I get inspired by that. That kind of, that kind of stuff fires me up. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, that makes sense. Never. I, I, I absolutely agree. Every time I listen to a podcast, I get fired up. I, I just don't do it enough. <laughs> well, you got to be careful with the shiny objects too, right? Like, cause you, you might yeah. hear an interview of somebody doing land, somebody doing short sales or foreclosures or, but be careful with the shiny objects. Shiny objects will make you go blind. Focus will make you go rich. Yeah. So if you want to be rich, be focused. But, you know, go out there and listen to some of the podcasts of where they're interviewing students that are doing deals or they're talking about the three, four, five deals they're doing a month. I've got a ton of them at realestateinvestingmastery.com. Um, in fact, there's a podcast I interviewed. This is an old one, but it was some students of mine that were living in Beirut, Lebanon, that were doing deals in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Yeah. Right? Now, they did have some boots on the ground people there, but just you want to get encouraged. It's about four or five-year-old podcast, but you could um, – later on, I can send you the link if you're interested. But look for those podcasts and, and be – you can get some encouragement from that. Does, that. does that make sense? Yeah, makes very good sense. And you only follow people doing deals, okay? Yeah. Never take advice of someone that's not doing it. 
or that can't do it. Because if one person in that market, in your market's doing it, then you can do it. It's only the people that can't do it or are not putting the effort in that's going to shut it down. It doesn't work. I can't do it. It costs too much, whatever it is. Okay. Mm -hmm. So again, that's back to surrounding yourself with the right people again. Um, so only take advice of people and listen to people that are actually doing it, that can show. That's why I can vouch for cold call and texting all day because we're doing it. Yeah. If I don't do any deals from it, I can't say to you, you know, you should be doing it. This is what you should be expecting. Okay. Mm -hmm. and, and direct mail still works. I'm not knocking it. In my opinion, though, as Joe said at the start, we have in the business now, we have to control and go after deals ourselves, not wait for yeah. them to come to us unless you've got deep pockets and you want to start spending some money and spend a lot of money to get fewer calls and, and do deals that way. Yep. It's about yep. profit margin. That's what we're interested in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good. So, yeah. Just trying to build, continue just to work on the mindset, but also just continue to build the, do the work and build up the, the pipeline and, and uh, get more consistent with uh, doing deals. So, that's what I was most excited about joining the program is to get consistent with leads, which obviously would help with consistency on the deal. So, yeah. What, so what's one thing you're going to focus on that between now and the mastermind next week? Um, I guess getting on the phone and having more quality conversations with the sellers um, versus just uh, waiting for a uh, waiting for the VA to tell me that they are close to my offer or have accepted my offer or something like that. Yeah, it should be, because here's the thing. It should be, as soon as that lead comes in, it's qualified, it should be tagged in REI Simple for you to call. Very clearly, you, this is the person that you need to call, right? Mm -hmm. If they have shown interest, anything but a no, get on the phone. Because right. you're going to be able to take it into conversation and go a lot deeper than a VA can. Yeah. Does that make yeah. sense? Now, if you've got an acquisitions manager, then they would be passing it to them to get the contract. Got it. You see the difference? Then you wouldn't need to do it. You would just make sure that you're listening to their calls and they're doing a good job and you're training them and helping them along. Yeah. So you're not doing it. Somebody else is, but it's still being done, but you don't want it hopping through too many chains like we said earlier. Got it. Got it. Okay. So what, what, what conversations should um, my VA be doing? So if someone, uh, you know, calls in off of one of my letters or something like that, can she take the direct call? Um, or following up, can she make that follow-up call? Um, well, it depends on what you mean by the follow-up call. Um, I mean, if you got a lot that you couldn't handle, a VA could do help do some follow-up if it's like months old. Yeah. But if it's a, a lead that's coming in, um, if it's an incoming, you could. There'd have to be a better VA because a cold call lead, you've got all the information in front of you for the most part. You have the address. You have the name. You have the beds and baths if you need it, right? So that's out. If the phone rings to them, you just need a good VA that can take that. But again, they're just gathering information mm -hmm. from taking. So if you've got direct mail that they're going to answer, which we've done before, which works, but again, they're just gathering information. Oh, tell me a little bit about your property. You know, why do you want to sell? Some simple questions for them. Have you done any re major remodeling in the last mm -hmm. five years? 
It's just a random question to say, oh no, three years ago we did, 10 years ago, we've not done anything. It's just a random question that's going to give you a, the answer that you need. Yeah. So when it comes to you, the VA is going to give you great notes and say, right, here's the notes. This, this is rented. It's vacant. It rents for this. It's, they haven't done any major remodeling. Whatever it is that their conversation, and you can look at it, and then you lead into that. Got it. Does that make sense? And there's two ways. Them set the appointment for you to be on the phone, or you call back, and, and they one that we use is that, oh, we'll get an offer to you, or, or Gavin will reach out to you um, today or minimum in the next 24 hours. That's just kind of the handover. Then we'll call without an offer. But we don't care about that. We're back on the phone, and then we will go deeper with them. Got it. I just need a bit more information, Mr. Seller, about a few more questions. It's going to best help me structure the offer for you. Is that okay? Got it. Yeah, no problem. And then you're back to going deeper, going deeper on the why to see where they're at. And mm -hmm. if it's not deep, if there's no why there, they're not giving you the why, wrap it up, get off, make the offer, follow back up. If they're giving you the why, then keep going at it. Got keep it. circling it. When soon as you get a pain point, Mm -hmm. It sounds bad, but as soon as you get a pain point, you just keep hitting that and poking yeah. it and recircling back around it throughout the conversation because that's, what's there. that's where you're going to get them into an emotional state to make a decision, right? Mm -hmm. If you get them in a, in a state or anyone listening to this, whether it's call one or call 10, as soon as they're in that state, that's when they, you need to fire to get the contract. Not tomorrow, not when they've slept on it, not when Uncle Sam's come round and adds his two cents and throws the deal off. Today, now, the emotion is now. You've created it, right? That's when you fire. You fire tomorrow, deal now, you're back chasing again. Because Tommy's come round, Uncle Tom, and said something, and, well, we might do this now. Yeah, here's the main thing. Time kills all deals. Money loves speed. So if yeah. you, you want to do deals, you got to be fast. You got to make, you're in business to make money today. Now, right. if they don't want to do a deal today, that's fine, but you follow up, right? And you follow up incessantly. That's going to be the, the key to this. Brian, we need to wrap this up, Brian. What have been some of your big takeaways on this call? Um, big takeaways, um, uh, you know, just get involved, create, start my own mastermind, local mastermind, kind of like local. Or join one if there's already one, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I can connect more, network more, um, and uh, me get on the phone and start handling the calls with the sellers. Uh, that's big takeaways. And um, create a template. So I'm going to start following up as well with the letter as well. Um, Are you going to start looking for a local wholesaler? You want to go yeah. that route? I, I'm thinking. I think I want to go that route. Um, because they would be able to, I mean, at 50%, they would be, they would be getting the contracts. They'd be doing the follow-ups as well, some of the follow-up, and then they would be also selling the property as well. An acquisition manager, they're just acquiring it, and then you still got to sell it. Well, that's huge. You know, even at, uh, when Gavin and I met in Spain for the first time, I was doing a workshop with a friend in Spain, and we were, you know, 50 people in the room or something, teaching people in England how to do deals in England from Spain, which was awesome. But what we did is we had everybody split into two groups. On the left, we had people who had money but weren't good at talking to sellers or didn't want to talk to sellers. 
On the right, we had people who didn't have money for marketing, but were good at talking on the phone to sellers. And were willing to do it, at least willing to learn. And it was a good 50-50 split. And we said, all right, everybody, network. Start talking to each other. Start talking to each other. And of that group, the next time we did the workshop a year later, we had at least three different groups that had come together and partnered together and were actually doing deals together. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like you're creating a new business. It can be on a deal-by-deal deal case basis, you know. You don't have to form a new partnership or a new LLC, but it's just finding somebody that's good at what you're not good at. Right. And they're, they're there. There's a lot of them out there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if you can yeah. set, set an example in your marketplace, you can dominate and people it becomes much easier because people want to bring you deals. And when we talk about that Spain event, we probably have 50, 50 investors. We were all at dinner, right? And I'm working a US market. I closed a deal from Spain on the phone. I don't know if you remember that. I didn't know that. Yeah. And I closed when we were at dinner. So I walked off and, uh, and took a call from a direct mail. Um, we closed on it back when it was, you know, you could close on the phone at first time. Uh, and got the, got the contract, we, we spoke numbers, got the deal done. And that's why, and people was like, I can't believe it. So we, and then it gets the, and that just inspires other people to say, yeah. you're doing it from here. Like, and it's just mindset. You mm -hmm. don't have to be there in person. And I'm the first to admit, and people think I'm crazy. Like, you don't send, back then, you don't send me to a house. Because I have no idea what I'm doing. Right? All I'm looking at is numbers and negotiating things. I don't know repairs and and estimates, but I don't yeah. need to know that. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. makes perfect sense. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Brian, I'm looking forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks here in St. Yeah. Louis. Yeah, I'm excited about it. It'll be good. Absolutely. Yeah. If um, any of you watching this, we're getting some comments here. This is cool. People are saying here, um, great info. Nice. Um, yeah. Kafori321 has a question here. I'll have to answer it later. But nice. Um, in the comments, guys, you should see those two notaries that we talked about. If you are interested in hanging out with us in St. Louis, uh, about once a month we do a two-day implementation workshop, and then we also have three times or four times a year a little mastermind with our private clients where we mastermind on each other's businesses. Everybody has to share one thing that's working for them and share one challenge that they have and we all focus and help each other um, make our businesses better, which is awesome and exciting. I'm looking forward to that. So if you're interested in working with me and Gavin, I want to give you a website here in just a second that you need to go to. On this video, Gavin and I taught, it's like a 30, 45-minute video on how we did over $150,000 in the last couple of months in a virtual market without doing any direct mail. And these are real deals that we're doing. We talk about some of the deals that we did. Go to this website, virtualcasestudy.com, virtualcasestudy.com. It's a case study we did on how we did these deals, the list that we marketed to, how we marketed to them, what we said to them, and all of that. You can go check that out at virtualcasestudy.com, virtualcasestudy.com. And if somebody can type that in the comments, I'd appreciate that just so we can make sure we can get it out. I'm not sure I can get it out right now myself. So, um, thank you, Brian, for being on the call. You're welcome. Thank you very much, guys. I appreciate it. Very thank you, Gavin. Thanks. We'll Jeff. see you guys later. Have a good Take one. Bye-bye.